Hi, this is James from Simply Fit. And Jordan from Team Viking Muscle. Thanks for listening to our podcast about fitness and bodybuilding. Hello. Hello, Jordan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I take this is recording now? I believe it is, yeah. Excellent. Sorry, I just had to go upstairs. I'm getting followed by the dog now. No, that's fine. Just bear with me. I'm going to attempt to move. Oops. There we go. Fucking hell. How's it feel? All right, if I'm not moving. <laughs> you just summed up life. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I've got this compression vest on and it's, it's cutting into my armpits. And every now and then, if I'm sat on the bed like I am now, I slide down a little bit and it feels like it's pushing the compression vest even further up my armpits. Oh, wow. um, and it, where I've got a couple of slits there... Um, which I'll probably explain later, it, it yeah. digs into them and it, it's very uncomfortable. But it also makes it feel like the compression vest isn't where it should be and it's not doing its job properly because uh, even though I know it is, like, I just feel like because it slid up a little bit, it's probably not in the right place and it's mental. Mm. And... Have you got bandages on as well? And... So I've got plasters over the actual incisions. Yeah. And they've then put like... um. I don't think it is wool, but it's like a wool-like material around my body. Then the bandage is over because apparently some people um, obviously wear like I can't take it off at all for three days. It gives some people a rash. Yeah. Um, so they put this like protective wool over me, which is really thick, actually. Um, and then the bandages, then this corset over that as well. So quite a few are layers. Are you hot? Um, I do get hot quite quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could that be, that'd be a nightmare for me? <laughs> yeah, like I, I can't sleep with anything over me now because I I don't normally sleep in clothes. So even the concept of the compression vest just being on is weird for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so having like three layers below that is is kind of a strange concept. But this wool definitely does retain heat. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, we could let me know when we want to uh, get into it and we can go. Yeah, well, I'm I'm good anytime. I'm going to keep sliding down, so I'm going to have to keep readjusting every now and then, but I'll try and do it as quietly as possible. Okay. Do you want to introduce introduce it and take it from there? Um, yeah. So this podcast is uh, around the surgery that I had, what was it, two days ago now, um, which was a gynecomastia surgery. So this is a surgery specifically towards men. Um, it technically comes under a cosmetic even though it can be done for other reasons as well, which we'll kind of touch on later. Um, so it is technically cosmetic. It is the removal of breast tissue and gland from the chest area. So it's something that affects, I believe, between 14 and 60% of men at some point in their life. Uh, I've suffered with this for coming on nine years now uh, that I've had it personally. It, in my case, came from... Um, puberty but can in other people be caused for a variety of different reasons actually um, and this will this will be kind of answering questions that might pop up uh, and just kind of explaining the process of what I went through yeah so you say like it was nine years ago um, you, obviously you're quite a young man now so nine years ago you were uh, late teens yeah, so I was about 17 when I first started to notice the development of the tissue, yeah. 
did you panic? At the time, I didn't really know what it was. Um, I I didn't think much of it because it was only a small development. I thought where my body was changing quite a bit at that time. I was a little bit late in puberty anyway. So I was a little bit confused by it, but I didn't necessarily panic. No, I think I was more just, I assumed it would sort itself out, but it never did. Okay. Did you talk to anyone about it? Any like your friends or anyone else? Not until I was about 19. Um, when I, when I turned 19, I started um, going to the gym for the first time. And that's when I noticed that it hadn't disappeared, gaining a little bit of muscle hadn't kind of changed it at all. So that's when I started asking other guys that I knew at the time about it, but none of them had it or knew anything about it. I didn't even know what the name of it was back then. I just, it was, I had droopy nipples and oversized. um, What's the bit around it? Uh, Areola? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. So mine, mine was quite big um, and I just kind of thought it was strange. None of the guys that I knew at the time knew anything about it and they were all what you would perceive as relatively normal. Um, so I, I was quite limited on, on information around it back then. So when did you start thinking, okay, that I might need to do something about this? Not until I got more into bodybuilding. Um, it... It was aggravated um, through lack of knowledge in chemical enhancement. So although it was always there, it was made a lot worse through stupidity um, and lack of education. More like PDs and stuff. Yeah. Um, my first ever bodybuilding coach, uh, it was a lovely guy, but his drug knowledge was well, I did this, so this will work for everyone else. And that's Mm. not quite how it works. Um, So he could run a gram of testosterone, which is a lot to run, actually. And he wouldn't have any problems at all. Whereas if I go above 250 milligrams, I'm in trouble. Um, But we didn't know that back at the time. He didn't, like I said, didn't have that knowledge. So he pushed me onto some what I would now consider quite big cycles and that really aggravated it because my body couldn't cope with it. Um, so I didn't consider it in like a, a surgery option or I didn't need to do anything about it until it started getting worse because of the, the silly things that happened kind of back in 2017. But did you link the two together? Um, I did a little bit of research when it started getting worse and I started realizing um, that PEDs in most cases cause it, but because I was already suffering with it long before I even went to the gym, let alone touch steroids, I was still really confused about it because what you read on the internet and what actually happens in real life is sometimes two very different things. And it never really covered pubescent related gyno and what can make it worse it was always, well, if you do steroids, it's going to get bad. Or if you get obese, um, that's another common cause of it. And it's lose weight and go to the gym and stop taking steroids. Right. Which never really solve any of the problems because once you develop the tissue, it's actually there forever. So you can lose all the weight in the world. You can stop taking steroids and sort your hormones out. But once that tissue is there, you're never getting rid of it. 
Okay, so for people who are listening and like you know, they may have it and, and not understand why. Can you go into the basics of what it is? What causes it? Yep. So it's in my case. So in puberty, uh, obviously testosterone goes up in men, and so does estrogen, which is the counter hormone. Um, what will happen is the body is really, really sensitive to estrogen and where it, it goes too high for what the body should have, it starts to develop uh, like female char- characteristics, which in this case would be the breast tissue and the development of the gland. In some extreme cases, it can apparently go as far as lactation. Uh, I do know someone that had that, um, but it, it basically comes down to an imbalance in your hormones. So for me, being late and I had uh, that kind of explosion of hormones through a delayed puberty, that was the reasoning, but it can be caused from obesity. So in obesity, the hormones will get out of whack as well. And that can um, cause an increase in estrogen, which will then create the tissue. And also for those apparently that uh, take in a lot of soya, soya has an estrogenic effect which can, if you consume a lot of it as a male, actually start to develop the same characteristics as what you would get in gyno and can cause the development of the breast tissue. So would that be over a long period of time? or uh, Depends on how much you take. Like You can get it quite quickly, especially if, like me, you're very sensitive to estrogen. Um, yep. If you are sensitive and you do have a lot of soy lattes and things like that, then yes, you, you're going to get some symptoms very, very quickly. If you're not so sensitive and you, you're doing it for years, I would I'd assume you'd probably still get the development, but just quite a bit slower and probably not as noticeable, but just there. Hmm. So growing up, obviously going doing the bodybuilding, going to the gym, stuff like that, did you start to feel a little bit self-conscious? I already had a degree of uh, being self-conscious about it because it always pushed through on, on t-shirts a little bit once it developed. So I always had a degree of uh, being self-conscious about it, but the bodybuilding uh, definitely made it worse because it's a culture where it's stigmatized because it can come from PEDs. Uh, it's definitely something that's stigmatized against. So even before I touched anything, I knew that people were looking at it and looking at me like I'd done something stupid and, and taking steroids at that point in my life. Um, so I was definitely conscious of it straight away. So what, you felt judged? Yeah. Oh, massively. Because it's so stigmatized in the bodybuilding community. Um, like, if you go on stage with it, you will be penalized for it. It's, it's a massive, massive no-no. And because it can come from stupid, stupidity with PEDs, uh, not knowing what your body can and can't do. And obviously, like I said, that aggravated it with me. Um, it definitely comes with the the stigma that you're just a, a roid-head idiot. Yeah. So being a, I started the gym at 19 years old. Um, I got a little bit more conscious around 20 when I started going to mainstream gyms because I was training in my college gym for a little while. I stayed at college for a, uh, three years so I started off in college gym and it wasn't so bad then because I wasn't around too many people I think when I was in the gym there was usually only three or four people in there um, we didn't get changed in the gym we'd, we'd go off to changing rooms or toilets to change out of our kit and it wasn't quite so bad so it was when I went to 
the first gym I ever actually uh, ended up working at, which was a mainstream gym. That's when I got conscious about it because there's a lot more people in there. There's guys that know what they're doing. They're older. They've been around the block for a while. They're the ones that kind of judge, particularly in that older generation. They were the ones that have seen it all before. They know what's caused it in some people. And they instantly put that kind of judgment on you. Going, oh, you're just some kid that's probably tried Suston Decker because it's the most common kind of Muppet cycle. And you've given yourself gyno. And it never really was that problem. It was it wasn't ever caused by that. Um, so yeah, I was I was very conscious of being judged straight away. Did you find any like uh, bodybuilding people and friends or anything that were sympathetic to it? One, yeah, one because he had a small amount of it as well in himself. Uh, Again, it wasn't from PED usage. Um, His was kind of hormone imbalances from general life and um, over dieting as a child or a younger, a younger man. So he sympathized with me a lot. We became friends for a little while. Um, he was probably the only one that kind of understood it because he had it in one nipple, uh, which sounds weird. Yes, you can have it in one side and not the other. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be on both sides. So he sympathized with me, but no one else really did because a, a lot of people either especially in mainstream gyms, they're either a little bit overweight, don't really know what they're looking at, or they just really don't care. Mm. So it's not necessarily something that's even understood properly. I think it's a shame that people aren't educated on it. But then again, you know, it's, it's not something that people go around talking about. Unfortunately, hopefully this will help. When you experience it, when you live with it, it's not something you ever want to talk about. Like I've, uh, I've genuinely tried ways of hiding it in, in like general public as down to wearing vests under t-shirts in the middle of summer to try and create barriers. So it doesn't pop through. It's, it's, it's really, I suppose embarrassing is probably the way to go. And I think as someone that's in fitness, it's a lot worse because we're surrounded by people that understand what causes it. They understand what it is and they know to look for it. Yeah. Whereas you go out in into town, uh, it's probably only me and my missus that would notice it. The average person wouldn't ever really see it, or if they did, they wouldn't think twice about it. But so, it is that it's that personal self consciousness about it. Like I said, like obviously, like you're with your missus now and stuff like that, and happily engaged. What about when you're at that point meeting people and? you're being intimate what was that like uh (laughs) yeah i'd find any way to make myself cold because i found when i'm cold it doesn't show as much so any any possible way i could get cold before getting intimate with someone that would be something i'd do if it wasn't an option you've just got to hope that you are good enough to keep them preoccupied with other things um because it is it, for me, it was a, a a big, big thing, especially because I don't have body hair. I haven't for years, so that kind of aggravates it as well. Because obviously, there's nothing to hide it. There's no hair there to mask mm. what's going on. It is just glaringly in your face, basically. Um, so yeah, it was. I think it was probably worse with Lucy than any of the girls before because I'd 
didn't start steroids uh, until I was already with my ex. Um, so I, I was natural when I first met her. So it hadn't quite developed to its worst phase. Right. Um, it was definitely during the time with her during 2017 with my first coach that it went from being bad to really bad. So my ex kind of had the starting point of that, but Lucy was where the self-consciousness really kicked in because I'd already got it to its worst point and Lucy kind of had to take the brunt of it. Right. So when you say take the brunt of it, was it your insecurities and self-conscious side coming through quite a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I stayed covered up pretty much until the last second I could. Um, right. I had a first time I met her, I had a really oversized hoodie on. I do like wearing oversized clothes, but I think that's partly also because I've just got used to doing it to hide gyno. Um, I haven't worn tight tops in a long time. Not, not intentionally anyway. But with, with Lucy, I, I was purposely went home before going to see her to put on some slightly looser clothing. Um, and yeah, it was literally the last second I could was when I got naked. Wow. And then and obviously some supportive and stuff like that. Just for, for you to go through the operation and stuff like that you've gone now, it's just, I'll take you, it's, it's a big step. You're going under a, a surgeon's knife. Yeah. Oh, it's been... It's been a huge thing, and um, like Lucy would say as well, I've had many points, even in the last two weeks, kind of building up to this, where I, was, I almost chickened out. It's it is it scared me quite a bit because, on one hand, you want it gone because you hate it with a passion. It really detrimentally affects my life, but at the same point, I've lived with it for nine years, so it's part of me. Yeah. So I had especially yesterday yesterday was a bit weird i had that point where i was thinking how's my chest going to look i don't know what i'm going to look like without it um and all these thoughts kind of go through your head where you go fuck that's been literally nine years of my life having this issue from just being minor all the way up to kind of where it was the last two to three years and you you do sit there and go this is going to be really weird when I first take the bandages off on Sunday, um, mm. seeing for the first time, because I had a very brief look in the, in the operating room, but I, I probably had about 10 seconds to register it before they had to bandage me. Cause they had to get me wrapped up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so I probably had 10 seconds to, to kind of register what was going on. And the only other thing I've seen is a photo the surgeon took whilst I was led down in and mostly covered up. So I can see, just the chest and the shape of it. And it looked good, but like led down is one thing stood up is something completely different. Hmm. And obviously we spend more of our life interacting stood up than led down. So this is where it, th- that's where the fear kind of comes in. It is going to be really weird, but it's, it's taken a lot. It's four years of consideration to get to the surgery. Have you, have I first you, considered it four you, years ago. Have you kind of had cl- come close to it before? Yeah, in uh, 2018, I really started to consider it. I was researching different hospitals, different options. Um, I contacted a bodybuilder that I know that had it done in Poland and spoke to him on his experience and, and researched that surgery in, in Poland as well. Um, 
but I lost a family member and the money situation wasn't as good as it is now, but I had the opportunity to do it. But losing the family member, my priorities changed massively. And then some other things started to go go on in my life that mm. kind of pushed it right to the back of, of my mind. It, it then became a, a very distant thought for a long period of time. So there's a lot going on mentally for quite a while dealing with this. Yeah, 2018 wasn't a great year for me. Right. When you're saying like once it's there, there's no you can't reverse it. The only option operation, and that's it. Yeah, um, obviously you, if you have it very very mild, you can hide it quite well. Um, there's various things you can do. Growing muscle will change the way that it looks. Uh, it will definitely, especially if it's small and mild, growing muscle is going to be the best thing you can do. If you're slightly overweight, losing that excess weight because the the fat sits around the gland and I didn't realize this until on Wednesday. So where you've got the gland that sits under the nipple, it, it depending on the size of it, it can go quite far back. And what will happen is as you develop fat, it will sit around the gland and exaggerate it, which is why a lot of surgeries you'll have liposuction with it as well. But if you do have a mild case or really small case of it, you can lose weight and gain a little bit of muscle and for the most part, hide it but it will always be there. And if you do gain a load of weight back again, for example, you can risk making it grow uh, and develop. And every time it grows, it's going to be harder to hide it. And it'll get to the point where your only option is surgery. And it's not just cosmetic, is it? Because it can lead to other complications. Yeah. So we aren't designed to have breast tissue. Men aren't designed for breasts. It's, It's just not in our genetic makeup. So as a man, when we develop breast tissue, it puts us at risk of breast cancer. I also have a family history of breast cancer. So for me, that was a really big thought in my head. I do take after my mum's side quite a bit more than my dad's side. And that's where the breast cancer runs is through my mum's side. And having quite a bad case of, of gynecomastia, that then becomes a really big dig in my brain is am I running this risk am I going to be kind of exposed to that if I leave this for the next 20-30 years so that's that's a lot of things one thing a lot of people I didn't know about and I think a lot of uh, guys that are listening to it who may be thinking okay yeah like you say I'm overweight I can lose it put some muscle on but as you say if it can lead to breast cancer and breast cancer can run in the family and it's genetic we know there's certain types of breast yes. cancer is genetic that yeah is, so my family type of breast cancer is genetic my entire um nan's line has had breast cancer so it is a genetic thing it's something that terrifies the life out of my mum so knowing that i had excess breast tissue i think it's one thing having just a tiny amount which, which some people will have just yeah. tiny tiny amounts but getting to the point where i did where it is visible no matter what um, I think that put me at a, a, a good chance of developing that breast cancer. Should it be in my genes or should it be something that I leave and allow to develop? And that's a, that's a very scary thought. To, to oh, it's terrifying. Terrifying. And because I know that I do play around with hormones, which can be the um, beginning of, of breast cancer. So from what I understand of it, it's, 
normally triggered um, through change of hormones in women. So knowing that I mess around with hormones, I mess around with my estrogen, I suppress it, I allow it to, to develop and, and things like that. It's a huge fear that sits in the back of your head going, I'm a bloke, I shouldn't have this tissue here. I have this family history. What am I waiting for? So yeah, it's, you had more reasons than just the bodybuilding side of it to to go for this operation. Oh, there's so many reasons, and as life has kind of developed for me, more reason, reasons have been added. The wedding next year that I've got with Lucy, I want to be able to wear a fitted shirt without being self-conscious. It's small things like that that kind of add into the play of everything. Yeah, and it's not a small surgery either. Like it is a big decision to make, so the reasons have to be there. Um like I said slightly earlier, I don't wear tight clothing in public if I can avoid it. It might be tight around my arms, but I'll do everything I can to make sure that my body fit is loose. Um, it's, it's that self-consciousness. You don't want that at your wedding. You don't want to be self-conscious at your wedding. Mm. You want to enjoy the day and, and have fun. You don't want to be concerned that there's a hundred people looking at your chest. Yeah, like from my own experience, I had so much fear running through me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah so just adding one more facet to that fear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's something that, in in a way, is isn't something that men should be afraid of. We put a suit on, and we kind of go, "Fuck it, yeah, that'll do." Yeah. So adding that, like, I've never been able to wear a fitted dress shirt because it bothers me. Even if people can see it, it bothers me, so I choose not to do it. So. I don't own a fitted dress shirt. Because you're aware of it, you know about it. It doesn't matter if people can see it or not, you're aware of it or was aware of it. Yeah. And that would yeah. psychologically affect it. Massively, yeah. Mm. So I do not own fitted dress shirts. I do not own a nice fitted suit. My suit has definitely got smaller and might fit a bit tighter now, but that's because I've gained twenty five pounds since I last put it on. So slightly different, but yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's Yes, there's a health side to it. Yes, there's a bodybuilding side to it. But there's a huge facet of my life that I've suppressed. Um, like You have to remember as well, bodybuilders, we do this because we want to look a certain way. And to then purposely hide it because of one small insecurity, it sounds a little bit backwards, really. Mm. So why build all this muscle? Why go through all this process? and put ourselves through this if we won't even wear a tight t-shirt because of one small thing or two small things in my case it, it, it's so backwards so part of it is just being given my confidence or giving myself some confidence to actually wear some nice clothes and to be proud of how i look in public mm. no, I, I get that so talk us through the kind of like the procedure and the rehabilitation kind of it not just in general but obviously as someone who's into fitness and a bodybuilder what's that going to be like for you yeah so uh starting with the procedure um obviously things are a bit different at the moment in the covid world um so i had a virtual consultation which is my first ever virtual consultation with a doctor it's kind of weird um video call looked at my chest i sent some photos over first um, and then had a, a phone call with the doctor who was doing the surgery, um, Dr. Hassan Nurain. Probably butchered that a little bit, but it's as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> um, but Dr. Nurain uh, phoned me uh, just over two weeks ago on a Saturday, 
we spoke about the reasons for the surgery, my lifestyle, kind of went through basic medical history, done all the normal kind of preoperative checks. Um, we spoke about why I was having the surgery and what I wanted done and what he thought needed doing, looking at the pictures um, and, and things like that. And we decided for me, in my case, that a, a full gland exorcism, which is the removal of the full gland, would be needed. And at the time, we didn't mention liposuction um, because obviously being a bodybuilder, body fat changes naturally anyway. Um, so it wasn't so much of a focus for us, but the gland exorcism was what was needed. Then within two weeks, um, I was in London at the, the centre. So the Wednesday, just gone two days ago, uh, went in. It was actually a really seamless day. Like the, the staff were fantastic. They really looked after me. Went in, filled in a medical booklet, read all the, the clauses to make sure I understand what I'm doing. And it's slightly different because this is technically a cosmetic surgery. Um, so you have to sign a couple of different types of forms to make sure that you understand there's risks of the way your body might look different and all that rubbish. Um, it's kind of why I'm doing the surgery. I want it to look different, but you still have to sign those forms anyway. Uh, went in and spoke to the doctor, um, spoke to the surgeon. He looked at me, had me um, stand at different angles to assess how the chest looked at different angles had me flex um obviously being a bodybuilder he knew shape was important to me yeah and the way that it looked so he had me do what we call most muscular pose i just kind of pressed my hands together um and that really really forced the nipple forward actually and it kind of showed off in its worst sense what the gyno looks like um and that's where he kind of started turning me into an art book uh drew around the nipple showed me exactly where the incisions would be. And um, then they gave me a diazepam to calm me down because my whole surgery was done under local anesthetic. So I was awake for the entire process, which freaked me out a lot to start with. Um, once you've taken the diazepam, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> for a guy that's never taken, I've never ever had any form of um, diazepam or relaxant or anything like that. So it was a fucking weird experience. Yeah. Because they sat me in the waiting room as well for it to kick in. So you kind of sat there. I was texting Lucy because she was out paying for the car parking. Going, I've just had a diazepam. I'm going to be up within the next kind of 10 minutes. So I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. I remember looking at my phone going, I could have a nap now. <laughs> <laughs> and this was literally like a minute after taking it. So I'm either really sensitive or it was a placebo. I'm not quite sure. Um But yeah, I remember that kicking in quite quickly. So I then uh, got taken upstairs. They weigh me, uh, did a height check, a uh, blood pressure check, which came out stupidly high because of my anxiety. Yeah. I have anxiety uh, about surgery, but also just about blood pressure, in fairness. Mm. It's kind of a weird one. Uh, it's, I think it's called white coat syndrome. Yeah. Anything yeah, doctor related, my blood pressure goes sky high. Yeah. Um, so I actually came out at 178 over 90. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I have high blood pressure anyway. Um which is something I'm trying to fix on, on the side. But yeah, that was a little bit high, but they kind of put that down to the anxiety because they could see that I was worried about being awake. Um, but once they'd done all my blood pressure, they kind of checked me. I had um, some surgery shorts to put on. Hang on, just going to move. Oh. Yeah, so I had some surgery shorts to put on, which were fantastic because um, they were basically fucking see-through. Nice. 
Yeah, wonderful. Uh, they did say I could keep my underwear on because they had pineapples on and, and the woman, Olga, um, she was the main assistant. She called them sexy underwear so I could keep them on. But I think it was more <laughs> because the, the shorts they gave me were completely and utterly see-through. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, put the, the socks on. I, they gave me a gown that they couldn't do up because uh, I was a little bit wider than they thought. Right. Which was... It's complimentary, but high on diazepam wasn't too bothered. Mm. Um, I was just stressing out that I couldn't put it on because I thought I needed it on, but she just walked me over without it anyway. Then what they do, they sat me down on the surgery bed, I suppose it would be. It's not a table. It's, it's, like, it's like a dentist chair, um, actually. Uh, they strapped me up with a blood pressure monitor around my calf, um, led me down and, and covered me fully in, in the... Um, like shield it's like um, a fabric shield yeah like a yeah it's like a gown but it's got holes and stuff in it isn't it for certain areas they're working on no no it's not a gown like it was what's the easiest way to put it uh it was like um a blue massage roll right okay uh it was like it was a porous fabric but what they did they put that over over my legs my waist um and my stomach then over both my arms. Now, bearing in mind, I'm led on the table. There's two arm rests out in the shape of a T. So I create a T, basically, mm. um, uh, where I'm led on my back. So they cover my arms and they also covered my face. Because obviously, being awake, you don't really want to see no. what they're doing. It's not so pretty. So they covered my face as well. Um, which, bearing in mind, the removal of all of those... Uh, pieces of fabric was the most painful part of the entire bloody surgery because they use some very strong sticky tape Ooh. and they don't numb everywhere they only numb the area that they're working on so when they're ripping that off my arms my throat and my waist that hurt a lot <laughs> did it take hair away <laughs> was any hair there no because i sha i shaved everywhere except my collarbone um apparently i missed a bit so that took some off uh that smarted more than anything else in the entire bloody surgery and she did warn me it was going to hurt as well so i'll <laughs> give her credit she let me know that it was going to hurt um but once i was fully covered up the surgeon came in and they put the needles through my chest to obviously start numbing me. That felt weird because I could actually feel it moving around in the middle of my chest. Um, that was weird, but didn't hurt so much, actually. Uh, then they did liposuction with me, which, I, like I said before, I wasn't actually expecting. Um, I had a fair amount of fat around the gland itself, so they couldn't remove it without removing the fat which oh, okay. kind of benefits me because yeah, um, yeah. because they use a very small incision, they have to make sure that it will fit through that incision. So, yeah, so they like clear the area around it. So make it easier. Yeah. So I obviously had some obstructive fat and they had to remove that. So I had a small amount of vasoliposuction on both sides, which was a weird feeling. Uh, the easiest way to describe it, it was like a, um, like a tumble dryer, that kind of vibration and rolling motion, mm. but on my chest. Was it, is it a bit sore afterwards? No. I, it, uh, my armpits are a bit sore where they made the incisions because they make an incision on your chest and on your armpit for the liposuction. Right. So my armpits were a little bit sore, 
but I think that's more because the the compression vest pushes up against my armpits a lot. Um, I uh, relatively painless now, um, so I'm going to stand up because this is very uncomfortable. Is it more uncomfortable than painful? Yeah, it, the easiest way to describe what I feel now is the DOMs that you get after a very very heavy session. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, the only discomforts I have have been so far I opened a pot of barbecue sauce that was a little bit tighter than I thought it was that hurt quite a bit uh, and I opened the door funny and that hurt so stupid things that you don't normally think will hurt you yeah that's a little bit sore but obviously I'm only two days post-surgery mm. yeah yeah um the, the weird thing for the surgery was and the bit that kind of bothered me the most it was very audible I could hear everything um like i could hear the scissors cutting my skin but couldn't feel it which was and obviously couldn't see it which was really weird i was quite calm for it because i can't feel it so it, it on one hand it doesn't bother you but you know exactly what's happening by the sounds that are going on yeah um so the the clanking of the forceps the i don't know what he he did call it something but there was a machine he used to uh like burn through tissue oh yes and... yeah i had that in my um carpal tunnel yeah yeah, so they burn through the tissue, so they're burning through the gland, but they're um, cauterizing the skin it. as well yeah. to stop bleeding. Yeah. That smelt weird, and like that was like a burning flesh smell. Yeah. Um, but again, like I, could, I only felt that once, and that's because he caught me a little bit funny, um, and it, it smarted, but it was like I hardly made a noise for it. Mm. So the worst fear of everything was that you'd feel it. And actually the only two things I felt were the needles going in to numb me and then taking the bloody covers off. So it sounds like a win-win that one. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and they did say to me at the beginning, do you have a fear of needles? I just, no, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm fine with needles. Shoved it straight in, didn't they? Yeah. Um, should have said, yeah, I've got a fear of needles and see what they did. But <laughs> so, like, with it, there we you, go. If you've seen my arms, you know, I've got tattoos, but when I go for an injection or like a, a jab or something and the, they say, are you scared of needles? Okay. I'll, I'll, roll, I'll take a t-shirt off or, or roll up my sleeve. Okay. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah, right. You say that, but Lucy's got tattoos and she's terrified of needles. Really? Because it's different. Cause I don't have any tattoos. So I, I can't comment on this, but she said tattoos feel like a scratching. Yes. Whereas the needle it, for her, it's the fear of the length of it going in. Right, okay. So I, I, I can't comment on it. Like and I know a few people that say the same thing as well. Like I've watched Lucy faint because of an injection before. Ooh. So yeah, uh, a couple of times actually, for various different things. She's kind of hit the deck and whereas she's got one five tattoos or something like that. Wow, good girl. So yeah, so with rehab then, so you like they've they've done all that, stitched you up. How many stitches did you get? Do you know? Yeah. No idea. Right. Uh, and I won't know until Sunday because apparently he might have used a plastic clip as well. They haven't told me. I'll have to wait and see. It's like a surprise. Um, <laughs> I'll have to wait and see on Sunday. Happy Valentine's. Yeah, basically. Um, Lucy's Valentine's present is she gets to help me shower. <laughs> <laughs> so for that rehab, I'm not allowed to take my compression vest off from uh, yesterday. So they don't count the day of the surgery as a day. So it's from yesterday until Sunday. Sunday is the first time I can take it off and I cannot have it off for more than 30 minutes. So I've got to get my ass 
in that shower, washed out and, and get that compression vest back on. Also, whilst not getting any soap on my chest at all. Yeah, you, which would be you're going to need help with that. <laughs> so how long have you got to wear the compression vest? Yeah. So I have to wear it 24-7 for two weeks. And then for the following two weeks after that, I've got to wear it for 12 hours. Right. If they said, is that just to keep stuff in place or? So because they don't use drains anymore, um, this is to prevent a buildup of fluid and, and blood and things like that. Uh, and because of the liposuction, a buildup of fat around any particular area. Right. So they used to use drains for it and now they can use this instead. So the reason I can't take it off is to prevent swelling is to help the healing as well, but it's mainly to prevent the swelling and the fluid buildup. And then obviously with your fitness and stuff like that, how's that going to look and pan out for you? So I can't take my heart rate above a hundred beats per minute for two weeks. Really? Can't lift anything. Yeah. I can't lift anything heavier than 10 pounds. And I'm not allowed to take my heart rate up above 100 beats per minute for two weeks, which is a bitch because I've got a high resting heart I rate. I know, that's what I was just thinking. Jesus. Yeah, my resting heart rate is about 80 beats per minute. So I ain't moving much. What do you like with meditation? Yeah, I enjoy meditation. I haven't done it in a little while, but at the moment, I'm just, like, last two days, I've just been kind of watching TV and doing a little bit of paperwork for my business. Yeah. But um yeah i'm not moving much but they ironically have told me to walk around a bit just keep blood flowing takes my heart rate up yeah yeah um so I, i'll go for walk small walks and things like that i can't push it too far because my heart rate will go up yeah um but that's for the first two weeks and after two weeks i can reintroduce cardio but no lifting uh, and then on the fourth week, I can reintroduce light weights. And then on the fifth week, I should be good to start building back up to normality. When have you got to go back for a, a checkup? So I, when I take all the stuff off on Sunday, um, I've got to take photos of what the wounds look like and send them over. And the doctor will make a decision depending on how they look as to whether I've got to go back. Because obviously we're going into the centre of London. We're in lockdown still. They don't want me to travel if I don't have to. So the idea is to have a look at the wounds, have a look at how they're healing, what's going on with them and the shape of the chest. And if I've got to go, then then I'll go. Excuse me, but if I can avoid it, they just want me to recover at home. Yes, fair enough. So after all that, how do you feel now? Like, are you excited? Are you feeling a bit more confident about what's gonna how you're gonna be in two months time it's it's a mixed bag of feelings like i'm really happy i've had it done there's like i said before there's that very slight sense of loss of kind of what i've kind of dealt with for so many years um i'm really excited to see how it looks because from the very brief 10 second look that i had i was really happy with how it looked I was still high on diazepam, so I'm not sure whether that was just the meds or I was just feeling happy anyway, or the fact that I was allowed to sit up and move my arms. Um, I am really excited to see how it looks on Sunday. I know that that won't be the final look to it because obviously I'm still going to have swelling, yeah. still going to have um, discoloration and things like that. So there's going to be a lot of things that are still present now that won't necessarily be there in a couple of months. But 
regardless of what happens, I know that this will be an issue I won't deal with again. Just like a really recent example of this uh, massive change for me is it was only uh, about two weeks ago. I was sat at the dinner table uh, about 11 o'clock at night. I was just doing some work. I didn't have a top on because it gets quite hot in this house. And I leant forward to lean on the table and my nipples had pushed forward like a cone. And as I looked down at that, even though I'm on my own, it's extremely embarrassing and I hated Mm. it. So I know that I'll never have to look at that again. So you've got that sense of relief? Massively, because it's something that even for myself, I'm disgusted by how my nipples looked before on my own level, forgetting anyone else's opinion on it, forgetting the health sides of it. I was disgusted by how it looked. Like no bloke should have cone-shaped nipples that kind of push forward when you're just leaning on a table, not even doing anything, just leaning on a table. Um, so that sense of, uh, I, I, to a degree, it is disgust with myself, will be completely gone. Yeah, I, I'll never face that again. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you've got to come try to understand is even though you like feeling disgusted with yourself is quite a strong emotion it's quite, it, it, there's a lot going on there but again it was nothing that you you've done to yourself it's, it's no like I, I made silly mistakes and aggravated mm. it but it was there before regardless of anything that i did it was there yeah. before so it was nothing that i could do it was nothing i could control um even without the aggravation of the, the steroids, it would still be here. It would still be visible and it would still bother me. So as much as it's easy to say, it's nothing I could control as someone who's in a bodybuilding world where the way that we look is everything to us. It's a huge, huge part of my own confidence and I've never been the most confident bloke. I've never been the biggest bloke or anything like that. And it's just one of those extra things that push on you a yeah. little bit. Um, so knowing that that will be gone is, is huge. The only one thing that um, can happen after surgery that bothers me a little bit, but I know it's fixable is you can get a void in the nipple. And by that, I mean like, um, a divot so if you lift your arm up like it goes in a little bit and that's because obviously they've taken a large gland out and some body fat so obviously there's not necessarily something to fill that area anymore so they, they'll shape it as much as they can they reshape your chest as much as possible uh, to avoid that but there is still that small chance but if that happens to me I know in the next six months I can put on enough muscle to hide that and it will disappear. So that small, small thing is completely controllable because there is a way out of that. Whereas with the gyno, there was never a way out. And now you've gone through that and you dealt through puberty and being intimate and being on stage and stuff like that in your bodybuilding career. What advice would you give to people young and old? that may be dealing with something like this. There is a way out if you need it. Don't be afraid of it as well. I think the worst thing we can do, and I am truly guilty of this, is try and hide away from it. There are people out there that struggle with it. And even now, now I've got rid of it, it doesn't matter. If you, if there's people that want to talk to me about it, that's absolutely fine. 
because as blokes, we are quite quiet people anyway. We don't tend to talk about problems. And it's something that has personally weighed on me for nine years. It's a huge part of something that I've gone through. And I do truly wish that I'd kind of reached out to other people and spoken about ways of not necessarily being so bothered by it. Um, but there are things that you can do if you are slightly overweight and you have that kind of development there, lose a bit of weight. There are loads of people that help you and it does make it better. Gain a little bit of muscle and it does make it look better. If it is at that point where it is really bad, the, um, the surgery price, um, you can get on finance. So if you can't necessarily hand over that water cash, there are finance options for it as well. If it's really at that point where it's bothering you as much as it was me and you have to have a way out of it, there are ways of doing it. And you don't necessarily have to travel to Poland to make it affordable. You can speak to your surgeon. Um, the, the one that I used in the UK, they have a 0% APR finance option. Um, I was very, very, very lucky that I didn't have to take that. But it is an option for those that don't necessarily have the cash just sat there and you can make payments and everyone's price will be slightly different depending on how much you need. Um, so for me, my price was not the lowest. It was kind of sat right in the middle because I didn't need skin grafting or, or kind of reshaping and I didn't need a huge amount of liposuction. So I was quite in the middle with the price um, and I'm, I'm pretty open and honest with it. My price was 4,000 pounds. So I paid 4,000 that covered full both side gland exorcism. Uh, it's a lot less if you only need one side, which is in some cases, like I said before, like some people can just be affected on one side. So if you're only having one nipple done, for example, it is a lot less and there are always ways out. Don't, don't hide it to the point where you, you are disgusted by yourself. Like I did. That's not good. That's a very bad place. Did you, uh, ever speak to a GP? Yes. Um, but I was already at the point of taking steroids and like everything with a GP for me, in my experience with them, the second you mentioned bodybuilding or steroids, you kind of get pushed away. For those that aren't necessarily enhanced bodybuilders or even bodybuilders at all, for those guys that are just concerned by it, you can speak to your GP. And there are things they can do to help improve it. You you will be in a better position than I was with the GP. Obviously, being who I am and what I do, that is stigmatized in in the medical world. So, my treatment will be different to what a normal person will be. So, yes, if you are um, concerned by it and you don't take any steroids or anything like that, go and speak to a GP. They can help you out with it. Brilliant. Well, I, I definitely learned stuff tonight, mate. It's it's one of those where it's not spoken so much about, and especially in the fitness world, like fitness models, the, the guys that we see on TV all the time, they don't have it. They've either had it and got surgery because they can afford it, or they're just lucky enough never to experience it, whereas not everyone's that lucky. It is, like I said before, the statistics are between 40 to 60% of men at some point in their life will experience it. It's a huge, it's huge. amount of I, th I think a lot of blokes, that, like you say, fitness models, people see magazines and TV and stuff like that, probably had it, then you say, got rid of it, and never talk about it. I, I think it's great that you're actually doing this. 
I only know one professional bodybuilder that has done a full series of this on YouTube. I can only name one that was being fully transparent and honest with it. And he only had it done four months ago. I, I, I can't so, understand why. why you, you think information like this is going to help so many people, bodybuilders or not, but... I think bodybuilding is a bit different because it's so stigmatized against. Um, so a lot will be scared of admitting that they've got it or had it or anything like that. So Quint, who is the bodybuilder that, that's kind of been open and honest with it, he's done a full series about it and he's kind of, a, he doesn't really care anyway. He doesn't really care what people think about him. So he's done the full um, YouTube series like I'm doing. Um, it's kind of where I got the yeah. idea from. But being outside of that bodybuilding world, I still I don't understand why it's not quite so spoken about because it is something that affects a lot of guys. And there'll be a lot of younger men in particular that will probably be a lot more bothered by it in scenarios like I was, like intimacy. It is something that bothered me for that. So there'll be younger guys out there that will kind of look down and, and see what I saw and probably feel exactly the same way I did. And it's not always the best feeling. You're saying you're late teens or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's going to be pretty full on for your confidence, especially late teens. Like you, you're, you're not confident in yourself. You're just growing into yeah. your body. You probably don't know your ass from your elbow in terms of the bedroom properly. No, in fact, I can guarantee yeah. that. Um, like you, you haven't found any form of confidence there. You might bullshit yourself to tell you you got confidence, but it's not there. Not until you hit your 25, 26, yeah. trust me. Um, and even then I'm still not, <laughs> not fully there, but all jokes aside, like it is something that will weigh on you so much and it doesn't have to. And if you are in a relationship, you do have it. Be honest with your missus about how it makes you feel as well. Cause when I first met Lucy, she used to um, like squeeze it and poke, not poke fun at it, but make the odd comment here and there. And that really got to me a little bit. Whereas as soon as I was honest with her about how it felt, she stopped straight away, just instantly stopped. Is it ever painful? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, um, it's like pee, not pee gristle or like well i suppose like peas underneath the skin and it makes the nipple very sensitive sometimes it's a little bit like a woman um kind of going through a spike of estrogen through her cycle it can make nipples very sensitive for women it's exactly the same for me if for some reason my estrogen went up i got very sensitive very quickly mm. and yeah there, there were times where she's just kind of knocked into me and it's been oh god that hurt and you don't sit there and register that that's because you have breast tissue it's at the time you're just going shit that hurt a bit and then you start really oh yeah that's why and it really does play on you well well um thank you for being open and honest mate i think it's needed not just that not just about, I, I've got... surgery, about the emotions and, the, and all that roller coaster that you've been on I know I'm not the only one. That's the thing. Hmm. I, I know if I felt this way, someone else has. And someone else probably still yeah. is. Which is why I'm I'm so okay with being honest with it. And like the price, the process. Like, if anyone has any questions, um, 
you can contact James as well and he'll link you yeah, to definitely. me. I'm I'm truly happy to answer any questions from anyone. It doesn't matter what it is about the, the subject. I'll be as honest as I can get with it because it is is a big part of my life still. Just because it's gone now doesn't mean it's not still a big part of my life. So I can answer those questions. I will answer anything, um, even down to the costing and the reasoning behind the cost of my surgery. It doesn't bother me. Um, like I said, I've kind of mentioned that price. It does vary depending on what you need. But if you've got questions, I'm always here to answer. I think education in the in stuff like this, in disabilities that I've experienced and stuff like that, education is the key. Yeah. Because more people know, yeah. you might tell someone about it, They'll, or someone might hear this, go tell a friend who's been keeping it quiet. They'll learn from it and they'll get something from it and or they might know someone else. Or, and it just eases pain and suffering for someone else and it just helps. Yeah. And, and those health-conscious guys that will, might listen to this, stay away from Sawyer. It makes it worse. Yeah. Big, big thing. Yeah. Stay away from Sawyer because it will make it worse. Um, that's an easy win for guys. And that edu- things like that, that education, we were made to believe Sawyer was really good for us. Not for men. No. Because, well, no. But we went through that phase kind of early 2010, kind of 11, 12, and 13. I think it was where we went through a phase where everyone was drinking soya only because they'd all gone on a health conscious bend. There, and there's a certain chain um, of coffee shops that uh, promoted certain lattes and soya lattes a lot. Yeah, and, and guys were doing it, like the, the metrosexual yeah. guys, the, the guys that were kind of in offices a lot as well, business yeah. guys were going and drinking loads and loads of soya coffees. And some of these guys can knock back three or four of these buggers a day, bearing in mind they're expensive mm. as well. But we don't realize the damage that it's doing to men in particular. Women can get away with it. Their main sex hormone is estrogen. If they have a spike in estrogen, it's not going to affect them the same way it would a man. And also, so, the amount of calories in one of those lots. <laughs> it's like 300 and something it's calories, really, isn't it? Basically, it's a, it's a light meal. It's a, it's a bloody yeah. Mars bar. I'd rather have Mars bar. Oh, I don't know. It's the one chocolate I avoid. Really? Yeah, my mum and dad um, gave me and my brothers Mars bars uh, as the, the only, it was like the only chocolate we really had. It was either that or Milky Ways. Um, and I had so many Mars bars as a kid, I'm just sick of them. And I don't ever <laughs> want to look at a Mars bar again. <laughs> right, no. I'll so, choke you around with a Mars bar, mate. Oh, man, I'll run away from it. It's horrible. <laughs> Like, you know, when you have something so much, you become so sick of it, you can never yeah. look at it again. That is me with a Mars bar. I feel like, I mean, probably used to love Jaffa cakes. So I could never understand that. See, I don't mind a Jaffa cake, but only here and there. That's not a, that's not something I could have no. a lot of. Anyway, mate, um, brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, if there's anything you want to add. No, it's just, just be, if you do have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out. I'm not going to bite. I am happy to answer anything. Yeah. And thanks. And like, again, thanks for being open and honest. It's my pleasure. Cool. It really is. Okay then, mate. Uh, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah.